Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. We have a special episode for you today. Joining us is one of our baseball beat reporters, Anthony Rubeck, to talk to us about all things Nebraska baseball. And after that, we're going to dive into a little bit of the Nebraska basketball transfer portal, as well as some other spring sports news. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Joseph Meyer, alongside with my co-host, Gavin Struve, as always. And today, Anthony Rubeck is with us. Anthony, how are you doing today on this fine afternoon in Lincoln, Nebraska? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. We're excited to have you on. Um, we're going to dive straight into things here. You, This is your first time on a beat. You've been covering baseball this season. What's that experience been like as your first beat um, writing experience for the DN? Uh, give, just tell us a little bit about your experience. Uh, yeah, it's been really fun so far. I mean, uh, this team has gone through its ups and downs already this year, about a little more than halfway through it. So, I mean... I've gained a lot of experience, a lot of experience that I didn't really expect getting uh, to have this early. So overall, I'm just having a really fun time out here. Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of the experience that we go through as well um, as a first, you know, as, as a new beat writer. You've got to cover some home games. Tell us your experience about going to an actual Nebraska baseball with that media credential, um, you know, talking to players. What's that experience been like for you? Oh, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. I mean, Again, something I really didn't expect getting this soon. So uh, it's just always great just getting out there, just being in a press box with people from other different publications like Journal Star, World Herald, and obviously post-game, talking to the athletes, talking to Coach Bull, getting some really good insight, really good quotes. It's been really, really surreal right now. Yeah. You talked about some of the ups and downs this team has gone through. Um, I guess who or what has surprised you? I know it's your first year on the beat, but... Um, who or what surprised you most this year, whether it be um, a team trend, a player, good or bad? Uh, yeah, I'd say this team has just been very inconsistent. I mean, it's there's not really a concrete reason to, like, why we lose our games. I'm Like, at the start of the year, it was definitely more on our bullpen, more on our pitching, Very really struggled that opening uh, series at San Diego. But as the season's gone on, it's really just – been a multitude of reasons. I mean, uh, lack of hitting, the starting pitchers. Uh, Emmett Olsen has had a good year all around, but Jace Kaminska started out 5-0. and He's now lost his last two games with two pretty subpar performances. So uh, I would say that there isn't really like a main reason behind our, like, all our struggles. It's kind of just a combined effort. And I guess as to like the good things, I mean, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews are having two historically great seasons right now. Anderson hitting 402 on the year, Matthews 395. He was 400 before this past weekend, and they're also the first pair of Husker teammates since 2010 with uh, double-digit home runs in a season. So, and they still have a ton of uh, play left. Those two guys will be second and third-round draft picks in this summer's MLB draft, most likely. You talked about that inconsistency. Uh, you covered the game against Omaha on Tuesday, the second loss to Omaha of the year. Um, specifically in Tuesday's game, what did you see from the team that you just felt like wasn't working? Um, like, you know, this team Omaha is not is not a national brand in baseball. This should be a team that Nebraska should beat, especially with the way that their team's uh, been playing in other games. Um, what did you see on Tuesday, and, and why do you think they fell to Omaha on that one? Yeah, I saw a lot of trends similar to their first meeting back in March where Omaha won as well, and it's really just slow starts. I mean, the uh, Omaha got out to a quick one nothing lead in the first inning. Really, based on our defensive errors, I mean, 
they were we had two quick outs, gave up a walk, but there was a chance just end the inning. Uh, maybe like they hit a shallow uh, fly ball where Charlie Fisher, if he just stops, just lets it settles with the single, just gets runners on first and second, still have another chance for it now. Instead, he tries to dive for it, misses the catch, goes behind him, ends up being an RBI triple. Uh, and then the second inning, again, uh, get a, get one out. We have a chance at a double play to end the inning, but a fielding error by Matthews on the throw to second ends up with no outs. They end up scoring another run. By that by that time, third inning, Caleb Clark, who's already had a struggling, been uh, struggling this year, uh, gave up a home run, ended his day. So really just a slow start. We're, on offense, we weren't able to do anything as well. And just as the game went on, we ended up coming back, sending the game to extras, but still left a lot of runners on. Really didn't have the best approach in the batter's box, and that just really hurt us the whole night. Yeah, so you've touched on kind of the issues that have plagued them, and they've been, you know, varying and kind of inconsistent. Um, what are, from from the success Nebraska has had, you know, that big win over Vanderbilt, um, I don't know if there's anything nearly as impressive as that singularly, but they've had stretches where they've looked impressive against decent um, Power 5 competition. What have you seen from their triumphs that uh, they, you know, should try to carry over into the latter half of the season? Yeah, I mean, in our wins, we look really good. I mean, we're a, or they're a fun team to watch in those games. They're, um, obviously, with guys like Anderson and Matthews hitting, there's, we have a, they have a lot of t- uh, guys who are able to just get on base get hits when they need it, and uh, in those games, pitching has really shined as well. Obviously, in the Vanderbilt game, they had Emmett Olsen on the mound, uh, which, again, he's had a phenomenal year pitching so far. And in the Michigan series, uh, it was really important for them to get that series win after dropping the second game, which was usually the game that they kind of clinch it already, where Sunday's usually the struggles for them. But... Uh, Will Walsh, who has started the year out playing first base, has kind of transitioned into their Sunday guy. He pitched a solid inning. Their bullpen showed up that Sunday, and they were able to just secure the series win. Yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit because we've seen this year that the team has struggled mightily in midweek games and on Sundays, on on Fridays and Saturdays. You don't, you know, you don't want to mess with this team, especially with you know two two really good pitchers. That's kind of changing now, especially after that win on Sunday. Uh, the midweek has still been an issue, obviously, with the loss to Omaha. Uh, but after that Michigan series, you covered some of the games. Did your opinion of the cha- team change at all? Do you think that's something they can kind of build off of? They had the really low-scoring win in the first one, and then an offensive explosion for Michigan in the second one, uh, and then taking home a Sunday win, which they hadn't done in, since February. Um, so has your opinion changed at all on this team, or are they just kind of finally figuring out what they can do on a three-game full stretch? Yeah, I think they're finally figuring out how to kind of finish out a series, finish out all three games, and I think it's really hitting them at just the right time. I mean, these next couple games, these next weekend series for them, they play Northwestern this weekend who just lost a game last night 24-20. to mm-hmm. So that's like Northwestern is one of the bottom teams in the Big Ten. Uh, it's really good that they've found their Sunday kind of strides at least for what it looks like so this should be a, a very good uh series for them they play Iowa the next series which will be a tough game it's in Iowa and 
I was uh, one of the higher ranked teams in RPI with uh, at 57. However, they have been struggling so far this Big Ten year. They haven't won a series yet, so uh, maybe we can kind of carry some momentum into that. And then the week after that, we play Minnesota, who again is another bottom of the Big Ten teams. So there's a lot of winnable games here these next couple of weeks that uh, they're really going to need uh, to make the Big Ten tournament and make a run in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think with what you talked about with Northwestern, that should be an easily winnable series. But right after it, you've got Creighton again. Um, I don't know if you covered the original. I can't remember if you covered the first Creighton game. Do you expect the team to kind of lay off against Northwestern and say, hey, we got to beat Creighton. We can't, you know, lose to in-state rivals four times in one season? Or is that just going to be another, you know, ex- you know, expectation of, oh, it's a midweek game, not as important as the weekend series, even though it is Northwestern? Uh, I could see them, uh, depending really on if they're able to secure the series win with Northwestern in two games. I think if they do that, I could see them kind of taking it easy or at least maybe saving a, saving a guy like Walsh or mm-hmm. someone for Creighton. Uh, but I, definitely Big Ten means more than uh, non-conference play. I, Will Bolt in the post-game interview last night – a uh, reporter mentioned like on how it being an in-state game. He said those ga- it doesn't matter where they're from. All these mm-hmm. games are kind of equal to them. So I feel like Creighton is the better team uh, RPI-wise than Northwestern. Nebraska is still better than both of those teams comparing RPIs. But So I really think it's Big Ten first, and if they're able to get the job done on Friday and Saturday, then maybe. So we're kind of quietly, I don't know if it feels like it for you guys, but uh, almost two months into the college baseball season. Mm-hmm. And there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of baseball still left to be played. Uh, we're over halfway through the season, but Nebraska's got some big ones coming up. Some of the conference series you mentioned, uh, you hinted at they're hosting Creighton uh, six days from today at in Lincoln. And then the Big Ten tournament uh, looming in just, just around a month and a half, uh, which you may be covering that for us. But what are you most looking forward to um, throughout the rest of the season and most, I guess, intrigued by? Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how they kind of, they face a lot of adversity so far. I mean, again, the highs and lows. I'm really interest, interested in seeing how they carry out on this and if they're able to kind of make adjustments to their game that kind of assess what has been going wrong in their losses and what has been going good in their wins and if we're talking about like players here, there's a player, uh, Garrett Anglum, who at the beginning of the year, he was having just as good as a start as Anderson and Matthews. Uh, he was the guy who hit the game-winning home run against Vanderbilt in, our, in the uh, upset. Uh, same weekend, he ended up going down with an injury against Ole Miss that kept him out of action for a month. He's back on the lineup now. He's uh, a designated hitter for them. And He's still batting really good. He's 370 on the year. He hit a home run last night. So he's a very valuable player, I think, for the team. And if he's able to become 100% healthy so that he can uh, resume his play in the outfield, that would be very big for them. He's a guy who can play all three positions. And I really see him as kind of an X factor uh, in this second half of the season. Yeah, I guess going off that, um, I think that can be your answer as well. Well, who's been the biggest standout or, or maybe two of them? Uh, I know you've touched on some guys previously already, but who's been the biggest standout that's, you know, when the team is playing at their best, who is at their best leading the team in that way? Uh, Any specific guy or guys that stand out to you? Uh, Yeah, it's really just the whole top of the lineup. I mean, I mentioned Anderson and Matthews, but another guy who's really been uh, great as of late has been Casey Burnham. He's a 
uh, senior transfer they got from Kansas. Spent his whole career playing there. Uh, and uh, he's been r really good at getting on base. He's not the guy who would hit home runs like Matthews and Anderson. He hit his first in three years this past weekend at uh, Michigan, but he's just the guy who, he was the nine hole hitter for them, but now he's uh, batting second just because of his pure ability to just get on base. He hit two big doubles in the uh, loss to Omaha last night. So when really if those three guys are doing their thing, Nebraska is very tough to stop on offense. All right, I'll ask you a fun one to finish off. You have a favorite memory, favorite game so far from the season? I know it, you know, haven't had too many home games necessarily, but any favorite memories you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, I would say the Vanderbilt game was really fun, just uh, seeing them upset a top-10 team, mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, in a game that, like, in a, the Cambria College Classic, so it's kind of a big neutral site game for right. them. In uh, the Dome, yeah. in the U.S. Bank <laughs> yeah. Stadium. I guess not a Dome, not a dome anymore, but... The quality was terrible, but <laughs> that was a that was a fun game. I would also say I was able to cover the Illinois game uh, earlier this year as well, where they started the game out. Matthews and Dylan Carey, first like four pitches of the game, hit home runs, consecutive home runs, uh, and then later on in the game, Nebraska hit consecutive home runs again, and that. That was really the only hits we really had that game. I think we had six total, and four of them were home runs. So it was that was one of those games where uh, you'd expect them to kind of lose with that, with like that lack of offense. But it was able to uh, give us a, give them a uh, series win and kind of secure a big one now. Looking into things, mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Anthony. We really appreciate your insight. Great stuff for us. Uh, you know, we're a little jealous. You get to spend as the as the weather heats up here. You get to spend a lot of time at Haymarket Park, which will be a lot of fun. So, um, excited to see what you're going to pump out down here down the stretch. So, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll take a quick break. When we come right back, we're going to talk about a little bit of Nebraska transfer, Nebraska basketball transfer portal, and some other spring sports news. We'll be right back. We are back. Thank you so much again, Anthony, for joining us today. Now we're going to dive into a little bit of breaking news here, I'd say. Right before we jumped on here, Nebraska got news that two new basketball players will be joining them from the transfer portal. Uh, Gavin, I know you just did the breaking news article on the site for us. You want to give us a little bit of a rundown, um, you know, what, what to expect from these guys, what they've done previously. Yeah, so been kind of a slow start to this transfer portal cycle mm -hmm. for Nebraska, uh, especially if you remember last year, Sam Grieso committed like a week after <laughs> the season. So here we are, mid-April, and Nebraska suddenly got some transfer portal news, some good news for sure, uh, and two commitments at once. So the first is Rank Mast from Bradley. He is a 6'9", 240 big, uh, pretty versatile, and fits, uh, is not a clone of him, but fits eerily well the uh, empty shoes of Derek Walker now that he's graduated and then about two hours later, Nebraska got Bryce Williams, who is a six foot seven guard from Charlotte, uh, will instantly be one of the best three point shooters on the team, which is an area Nebraska definitely needs some reinforcements. So, two pretty big contributors. I would say there's a good chance they will both start and both be Nebraska's you know top four or so, four to five contributors. Both should definitely be in the rotation. Um, yeah, pretty big news. Yeah, once again, Hoiberg, Grecian of the portal. He's kind of made that his thing uh, in the last couple of years, and it's worked out, especially last year, or I guess his most recent year, and 
even the year prior when Nebraska wasn't very good, they had some really good talent that came from the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's for them, it's interesting to look at, are these guys going to be able to make an impact? Um, and, and I think even though it comes so late, we kind of were sitting here thinking, oh, is there really going to be any reach into the portals? Is it going to be more of a rebuilding year? Hoiberg came back with two in one day. Um, so exciting for the team there. As far as other guys that you expect to, um, you know, what, what's your expectation for guys that are still, you know, rumored to either that are confirmed to visit or rumored to be possibly interested in Nebraska? Um, do you think that there's going to be more of this news coming on soon? Yeah, definitely be expecting some more noise. Um, and even as we had said, slow start to Nebraska's portal surge, but stuff really started ramping up the past couple of weeks and visits scheduled and visits taken and whatnot. Um, Bryce Williams of Charlotte just visited this past Sunday uh, or this past weekend and then committed a few days later. So stuff can happen quickly. We expected something to happen soon. Uh, two in one day, definitely not. But yeah, so Mast will fill kind of that post-scoring role, um, post-initiator, and Williams offers Nebraska another shooter. So now the most glaring uh, role they need to fill is a lead guard right. now that Sam Griesel is gone. Uh, they've got a couple options there. The most immediate one is Javian McCollum of Siena is visiting this weekend, um, supposedly from Friday through Sunday. And he just visited Oklahoma and then says he will be making decisions shortly after the Nebraska visit, which implies that he's down to those two, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but what complicates that is Hunter Salas, big name around here, uh, five-star Miller North graduate. He's at Gonzaga right now. Nebraska came up, to, went up to Spokane in eastern Washington and visited him on Easter morning. Uh, a little uh, spring Easter vacation Sunday. up to rainy Washington. Yeah, that's one of the things where if, it, if he commits, definitely worth it for the coaching staff. Otherwise, <laughs> um, tough having that time away from their families, I would assume. But um, yeah, and then now he's visiting next weekend, so like a week and a half from now for the spring game. So I'm really interested, maybe too much so, in the dynamics of how that'll play out um, if that affects McCollum's decision, if that pushes back McCollum's decision, because as good of a mid-major contributor as he was, uh, 16 points a game, four assists a game at Siena for a, an above 500 team, Salas is right. kind of the crown jewel of the portal for Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have the opportunity to get Salas in here. You can't pass that up. It, it bodes well for the university, though, that Williams, you know, just visited this weekend and immediately commits a couple days later. Yeah. Whatever they said to him over the weekend worked. Um, so I think that, you know, talking about guys that are coming soon, expect more news really, really soon. Do you actually think that there's a chance that Salas would come here? Um, I know that as, as Nebraska fans are often kind of cynical on these big name guys because they you know, go to the you know, rivals or something like that. Do you yeah. actually think they have a good chance of landing him? I definitely think they do. Um, I wouldn't be... I don't even know if I'd be surprised at this point. Uh, Nebraska's definitely in that final group. Um, I haven't heard confirmed stuff on who else he's visiting, uh, but obviously he's been in contact with some pretty big schools. Right. Um, actually not as big as his first time around the recruiting carousel. But something interesting there was Salas' first visit, and as far as I know, one of his only two visits as a high schooler was to Nebraska. Um, rumors of how that went and whatnot but the fact that he's coming back definitely speaks right. well of he didn't hate it so much that he doesn't ever want to come back yeah and we had i think we had kind of talked um that it maybe made more sense for him to go to creighton mm -hmm. in nebraska um he had them in his final group the first time around 
um, and they've they've been in contact with him in recent weeks, but doesn't have a visit scheduled with them yet that we know of. So that's definitely interesting. Um, I don't know if I'd say Nebraska is the favorite to land him because you know still that would be that would be just such a big thing, and he's he's got plenty of other options. Right. Um, but yeah, and and I kind of think McCollum's going to end up at Oklahoma. Um, with Grant Sherfield de- departing, geez, um, he was kind of their supernova point guard this year, high usage um, from the mid-major ranks. McCollum kind of slots in there too easily, and I don't know how much we'll see. Depending on how well this visit goes for McCollum, um, I don't know how much drama we'll actually see in the timelines of him and Salas playing out. Right, that'll be, I mean, that's the only downfall of having Salas rumored to be interested in coming to Nebraska just because that kind of makes other guys that want a starting spot, you know, turn, turn their eyes a little bit to other schools. But again, if Salas, you know, comes to Nebraska, that is, you know, some of the, you know, outside of McGowan's, that's going to be one of the most, you know, (laughs) influential guys around here. It's interesting because in the way that this state is set up, where someone comes back home from the transfer portal for football, you know where they're going. Omaha and Creighton have that big draw. Uh, we've already seen that earlier in the portal cycle of hometown guys going to Creighton. So I think I, I, I'm I'm not too confident in Nebraska's ability to pull a five-star transfer, but in this specific instance, I think that his ability to come home, especially after that special year that the Nebraska just had, even though they you know didn't make the postseason or anything, but I think that it bodes well for him transferring this season, this offseason as compared to any other offseason. Yeah, agreed. And something else to watch is uh, another Omaha native, Latrell Wrightsell Jr., who went to Central, I think a year ahead of Salas, and then was Cal State Fullerton's leading scorer this year. They were a game away from making the NCAA tournament. He had said in recent weeks that he likes the idea of playing with Salas at their next destination. Um, and perhaps I'm thinking too far into this, but I wonder if the addition of Williams today complicates Wright Cell's potential role as a bigger guard. Um, and then obviously Nebraska's also got Jamarcus Lawrence kind of in right. that space. Ramel Lloyd, potentially. That's a guy that's mm-hmm. kind of gets forgotten about. There, yeah. yeah. Um, ready to take off that red shirt. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Uh, um, yeah, definitely some exciting complications um, or developments, I mean, happening right now. Some other guys on the visit list, John Hugley, the fourth, Hughley, it's pronounced, but it's spelled Hugley, of Pitt, visiting this weekend as well. And I kind of think the addition of Mass totally complicates that. I don't see him coming here anymore. Um, and then the one other is Cario Okendo of Georgia, who's a relatively similar prospect to Williams, scoring guard, had Nebraska in his final four, um, and maybe that complicates complicates his decision as well. Absolutely. Uh, unless you got anything else to touch on in the Nebraska transfer portal, uh, I know you wanted to you know, give a little bit of a talk about uh, track and field. They've started their spring outdoor season after a pretty successful indoor season that didn't end as well as they may have wished, but still a strong season overall. Um, any any latest updates for us from the spring season? Yeah, and so before we move on, I just want to oh, say yeah. we'll we'll dive into the fit of you know those additions more for basketball and anyone else they add in the coming weeks as we'll have less excitement at once, so we'll have more time to talk about that. But 
Yeah, track and field, as you said, uh, getting some momentum, especially after that big winter. Um, the men moved back up to sixth in the national polls, um, which is a little bit surprising given uh, kind of expect them to be not quite as good outdoors as they were indoors. They historically haven't been in recent years. Um, but yeah, the men up to sixth among that uh, mostly SEC contingent. Uh, and the women are 15th and also first in the Big Ten. So this sets up a few things. Um, I'll talk more team-based and individual-specific um, because there still hasn't been a ton of developments. And there's still, there's still a lot that could happen um, with individual performances to move where they are. But this means that Nebraska, both these teams, have a good shot at their first Big Ten titles in a few years. Uh, obviously, we talked a little disappointment at the indoor championships with the men finishing runner-up and the women dropping back to eighth. And then both of them had really fruitful indoor championships performances. So something interesting to monitor, something I wanted to put on your radar as we enter, um, you know, the final months of this academic year. And we'll see if they hold that position and ultimately how they fare um, heading into Eugene, Oregon in June. Absolutely. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? I think that's about all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you to Anthony for joining us and talking a little bit about Nebraska baseball as the season is just about uh, coming into its final month here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next week.